Hi, it's Karen here, founder and owner of Bed and Breakfast Academy. In this week's podcast episode, I'm joined by another B&B owner, Claire, who will be sharing her experience of setting up a B&B from scratch with her husband. She's also going to be telling us why it's so important for your business to look after yourself as a B&B owner. And then finally, we're going to talk a bit about marketing and how the structure and organisation of the B&B marketing community has really helped them market their business more effectively. I hope you enjoy. Today, I'm very pleased to be joined by Claire Wright, who, along with her husband, Dave, runs the Schoolhouse B&B in Chapel Lawn. It's a schoolhouse, not the old schoolhouse, schoolhouse here in Shropshire. In fact, they're just over the hill from where I'm sitting. Claire and Dave opened their b and in 2016. And I were having a bit of a chat the other day and we were talking about how it's been a very difficult year for B&B owners, or diff- difficult few years for B&B owners. So first of all, we were um, coping with the first and the subsequent lockdowns because of COVID and seeing and the B&Bs were seeing all of their income disappear overnight. But then there was that working out how to reopen a B&B safely. I think the Facebook group was really frantic at that point, wasn't it, Claire? It was uh, people just Definitely, trying to make yeah. sense of all the <laughs> precautions. Yes, it was uh, it was quite chaotic at first, but luckily our weekly Zooms helped to restore some order to it. <laughs> oh yes, of course, yeah. We uh, I put some weekly Zooms in place so that the the Facebook group uh, became more of a sort of uh, in in person or not in person, but in person over over Zoom rather than writing things in the Facebook group. So we talked about how to be safe running the B and B, how to I guess how to understand all of the COVID precautions because I think there were a lot of there's a lot of advice out there, wasn't there? There, there, was, there were pages and pages of advice about how to do things, but actually trying to translate that from um, being written for all of the hospitality sector to uh, smaller B&Bs, I think, was quite complicated. And I think that's where the group worked really well together, wasn't it? You know, um, That's right, yeah. And it was very open to interpretation. And B&Bs tended to be mentioned as a little bit of an afterthought, I think, in some cases. So, yes, trying to weed through it all and make sense of it and apply it appropriately was quite a challenge yes I remember seeing the one thing that sticks in my mind was seeing a recommendation that if you had a a public area like a lounge that you covered all the furniture in plastic covers. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I'd forgotten that. So we, we got, we I think we all decided that probably wasn't such a great idea and it was getting that Not balance. A good look. Not a good look, no. And I think it's that balance between continuing to give a fantastic customer experience without thinking they were sort of in, in an episode of everybody loves Raymond everybody loves Raymond do you do you ever my mum's a fan actually but I've, I've only seen little snippets of it but you know to me it conjures up the image of an old folks home of, uh, from the 80s or something a plastic covered sofas <laughs> yeah well in this series that the mother um insisted on on keeping the sofa in the lounge in the original packagings of the plastic <laughs> brilliant and then she moved out and, and they sold the house to her younger son her older son and he took the plastic covering off and of course that night they spilled red wine over it so there we go so no, no no plastic covers in the B&B and then I think it's great that lockdown ended so I think that was May 17th this year wasn't it that was the the third uh, first yeah. day of opening this year yeah uh, and since then, 
Uh, it's been an incredibly busy season for B&B owners. And I think you're dealing with usual guests, but also guests who don't normally stay at B&Bs, the people who would be, be normally traveling overseas and potentially people who aren't used to staying at B&Bs. They might be used to staying in hotels or self-catering. And also people might be anxious about traveling more than usual because mm. it's, with this in mind, Claire and I were having a chat um, about how important it is to stay happy and healthy as a B&B owner uh, with all the additional stresses of going along. It's great being busy, but it does bring additional stress and additional work. Um, so Claire had some really great ideas, which she sent me. So I thought uh, instead of writing it in the blog, I'd invite her on the podcast to share those with you too. But first, Claire, I'd love you to tell us a bit about your B&B. Tell me, when, remind me first, when did you attend the course? We came in October 2014. Like, um, wow. Yes, with some lovely people who we've kept in touch with. Ali and Simon and Jill and Steve, who've, who were at Stony Bridge, who've just recently closed their B&B. And yes, we're very lucky. We had a lovely group. And then, I guess, for us, it was a five-year plan to open a B&B. But given that we opened um, 18 months after that, it, uh, <laughs> it certainly changed our perspective and made us realise that we wanted, we were chomping at the bit, really. We wanted to get on and, and open. As soon as the time was, I think... And certainly that time came much sooner than the five years that we originally intended. Yes. So we ended up, it was a bit of a a mixture of luck and judgment. We'd had, obviously, we were lucky enough to stay with you when when we did the course. And when we left, we, or just before we left, we said, can we book to come back? So, because we loved Shropshire. We'd had our first holiday, Dave and I together was in Shropshire. And so we booked to come back and... Between the October and the following January, when we came back to stay with you, we uh, we just happened to be with some friends in Cheshire, and we, we were talking about B and B properties. And that time, we'd planned to open in the Peak District, but one of our friends just saw this old school on for sale in Shropshire, and we thought Shropshire, yes, we do like Shropshire. Thinking it would be miles away from any parts of Shropshire that we've ever seen, <laughs> and sure enough, we looked at it, and it was just over the hill from the Bed and Breakfast Academy in Hopton House. So yes, we, we, I think when we came back to stay with you that second time, we actually had arranged a viewing and it was a very long and drawn out process after that because there was a covenant on the property and we had to go through the process of getting planning permission for change of use and all sorts of other things that came with buying a, an old house. But eventually we moved in that following December. So just over a year, a year after we'd done the course and then we spent six months getting the place sort of ship shape there was a reasonably structure of the house we didn't have to do too much major work in terms of restructuring apart from turning an old wood store into what is now our utility room which is the the beating heart of the operation <laughs> The hot water tank the cold water tank the washing machine dishwasher etc etc all live and then, yes, and then we were open the following July in 2016. So the time scale from moving in to opening up was? Just over six months. Oh, right. Oh, that was pretty. Yeah. I, in my head, it was longer. But uh, no, that's fabulous. Yeah, we already had uh, three bathrooms and we, we needed four, obviously, three, three guest bathrooms and our own. So 
in terms of bathrooms, it was, I mean, which which tends to be quite a troublesome part of a build. Everything was fine. We've still got the same kitchen, unfortunately. I'd love to have had a brand new, great big kitchen, but, but you know, we didn't have any kitchen work to do. So that was it. We did knock down a couple of walls to make the downstairs bedroom a bit bigger. But yes, it was a fairly straightforward refurbishment. Did you always plan to set up from scratch rather than buying a, a B&B or were you quite we, yeah we did we, we when we were looking at properties we never looked at existing businesses we were looking at houses that would convert well into a, a bed and breakfast it was just something we always wanted to to do we wanted to shape the business as 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 we wanted it to be and yeah we didn't ever consider buying an, a going concern at all yeah it was quite important to us I think we both fairly well travelled and picked up a few things along the way. And we just wanted to apply what we'd picked up to our own environment. It's, it's one of the questions I'm asked an awful lot on courses is, is it better to, to buy an existing property or set one up from scratch? So you talk about wanting to shape the business to be exactly how you wanted it to be. Would you see any other advantages of setting up from scratch? I think down to the nitty gritty, we bought the bed. So we knew that the beds were going to be comfortable. We bought everything ourselves. We did a lot of research on on what types of bed to buy and just the the, the nuts and bolts of it, I think. We, we did sort of know what we wanted. We knew what, how we wanted to, to make it look and feel and how we wanted people to be comfortable. So I, I don't, I, I think it's just, yeah, I, I, it's definitely a horses for courses question, I think. Yeah, yeah. It really is, it, it really does depend on on your preference. But like I say, for us, it was definitely building up the business. The setting up part of it was very important to us as well as as well as going into the room. Yeah, that's something I really enjoyed actually was the, the whole setting it up and creating it. My mum called it my Wendy house. Yes, I never had a doll's house, I don't think, but it did feel a bit like that on occasions. Yeah. <laughs> we decided to start from scratch because, like I said, I think we wanted to we wanted to bring some of our own experiences of staying in nice places to our own business. And we'd both worked for a long time in, in corporate environments and having this sort of freedom if you like to shape something was that was very important to us okay and I think you were talked about the beds you went for the Sealy beds didn't you the- we did yes we've got Sealy Windermere in one of the rooms and then Rydal in the other two but uh, to be honest they're all as as comfortable as each other I think mm. you know, we had a lady here um, at the weekend actually who had been an insomniac for 18 months. She said literally she had not slept for 18 months. And on her second night, she slept right through. Mm -hmm. And she said to us in the morning, thank you for the sleep, she said. (laughs) (laughs) When she left, I think, yeah, they wanted to take the bed away with them. (laughs) We said, you know, you can't afford it. But, yeah, um, the uh, the silly one's one of the well, it's the one main one I recommend on the, on on the course. Yeah, it's a local. It, well, it's not a local company, a Lake District company, isn't it as well? So. Yeah, I think so. Yes. Yeah, but, um, I think one of the people in the Facebook group was saying that they bought a B and B and they expected not to have any huge costs. I mean, for them, that was one of the advantages of buying a B and B that was already set up and running was that they wouldn't have any sort of big costs and they ended up having to replace eight mattresses because all, all the, not it's easy. not cheap is it I think probably the from if you're buying a contract mattress from Sealy it's about 
eight nine hundred quid I think yeah, for sort of king size so yeah so it wasn't a cheap thing to have for them to have to do so even if you are buying an existing business there are things to keep an eye on to make Absolutely. sure you don't have some unexpected costs mm. Is, is there anything that you would say was a disadvantage of setting up from scratch? I suppose it's difficult to say because we only know the one way. I think the period of time when we were having the refurbishment was very stressful. And having a date that we decided that we were going to open by and having to get jobs done to meet that date was all very stressful. I, I suppose with, a, with an existing business, you've, you, you're thrown in at the deep end. Whereas with us, we set the data ourselves. And so I don't know whether that's a disadvantage in particular of, of, of setting up from scratch. You do have to be very careful of your costs and your time. You have to manage everything very carefully. And luckily, we had a, a project manager for a while. And also Dave was very on, on top of everything. Mm-hmm. And while I was busy going off and researching mattresses and things he was right down to the finer detail of everything that was being spent so did you yeah. come in on budget or yeah yes we did I think well again Dave would probably answer that question differently to me but yes we we did certainly from an inventory from an inventory point of view the stuff I was buying I, I think we actually came in under budget in the end and it's amazing how resourceful you can become when you're looking for things and trying to trying to source furnishings and kit for the for the B&B but yes I think it was it certainly wasn't a spiraling cost like most grand design type things are doesn't surprise me knowing how organized you and Dave are oh there was definitely either flip charts or uh, whiteboards or (laughs) all sorts of things up at the time I would imagine like there is most winters when we've got no guests so what sort of B&B did you create? What sort of B&B is a schoolhouse? We've got three rooms, three um, double rooms, which one of which can be, be um, a twin, but we don't actually get that many twin bookings, to be honest. But but the thing about them is they're all very different. They, they offer something quite different. We have guests who come back several times and have tried different rooms. But I think the thing is that we wanted guests to feel that their room is their space and we don't have a communal lounge we have to walk through the breakfast room to get to our bedroom and um, bathroom from our lounge and kitchen so we didn't want to create a a communal space we wanted everything to be in the rooms for, for guests and I think that's what we've created is is a really relaxed and relaxing atmosphere where people just want to be in their rooms. They don't spend all day in there, fortunately, but we find that people turn up. Some people do find the journey a bit stressful, particularly if they're coming from the southeast, because obviously we're at least an hour away from any motorways. But when they pull up, park the car and you know, say hello, they just look around and it's like a, a power down happens. They relax and they just from the moment they arrive, it's all about relaxation and, and chilling out and enjoying the surroundings, I think. Because you are you're in a very peaceful spot there, aren't you? It's it a, is, yes. Not a th- it's, well, it's, it's a sort of a through road, but doesn't really go anywhere. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> yes, yes. It's We have had some logging going on recently, so there's mm. been lots of big lorries trundling through, but that's finished now, I think. So. And your yes. roofs are big, aren't they? And they so- are big. separate areas as well and we've got one room that's got its own little sitting room uh, that's separate from from the bedroom so people who come for four five nights or more they like that because they like the feeling of 
watching the TV and then going to bed in the bedroom. But and also we do the bedroom picnic. We need space for people to be able to have a nice munch on their picnics in the evenings. And obviously we've got the we've got the silent mini fridges, which are which are essential for that. Yeah, I think lots of space and places to relax is is what we try and offer. Okay, so you're very clear on what you want to offer your guests and the experience. Yeah, yes, that's key, I think, is, yeah, definitely, is to have that clarity. You, you do have to be a bit flexible because not everybody, not every guest that comes is fits into your ideal B&B guest. But, but yes, having a clear focus on what you're offering is very important. That's something I do in the online course now is, is the whole first module is getting very clear on. So you, you, when you were setting up, you were talking about what you wanted out of creating a B&B for yourselves. And then, then I go on to talk about what, it, what sort of your ideal guest is and the sort of experience you're creating from your guests as well. So your B&B experience mm-hmm. is very different to one, say, someone in running a B&B in Shrewsbury, for example. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And I suppose the other thing is that there isn't a lot to do around here other than enjoy the out the outdoors and walk and from the door. It's just about relaxing. It's that enjoying doing nothing type thing that we try and nurture here. Which I think is something that you think about more this time of year, because I know September, October around here, I tend to be quite busy for tourists, everyone waiting for the school holidays to finish and all the people without children coming away in, in my experience. Mm. And, but then it starts to really slow down, doesn't it, in November, December time. It's, yeah. I think, because it is that sort of focus on your guests were very similar to mine in terms of it's that focus on the countryside and relaxation. So it's, it's understanding the seasonality and the occupancy is quite important as well. Mm. Yes, you can't step out the door and go out shopping or uh, out to a, the local coffee shop or anything. But it's, it is, like I say, it's relaxing and enjoying the surroundings. And luckily, we've had some good weather this summer. And people have been able to enjoy sitting out in the garden on our new garden furniture and having their picnics out there. And yes, it's been it's, it's not been too bad. No. Otherwise. No. So what do you like about running a B&B? it's a freedom it's obviously a business you've got ties but the freedom to do things in your own way and and to mold it to your liking obviously we enjoy working for ourselves as I said earlier Dave and I both worked in corporate life for sort of 30 odd years each so having the opportunity to do something where you dictate the pace and you dictate the the order in which you do your jobs more to to a great extent is important this morning Dave's gone off to do an outdoor first aid course for his Duke of Edinburgh work. And so I, I got up and took Molly out for her morning walk, which was just lovely. Seven o'clock out, or half seven, I suppose it was, being out and listening to the sounds of nature was just lovely. No breakfast to cook this morning because we're on a, a forced break. And yeah, so it, it's just, it, we just love having that flexibility of doing things the way we want to do them not being told how to do things <laughs> so is there is there anything you don't enjoy about it we don't enjoy what i think like you i'm not really um, a fan of cleaning i might no i don't mind cooking i wouldn't say i don't enjoy it some days when it's everything's a real rush i think hmm, wish i could be doing wish i could be getting someone to do this for me but no, it's a lifestyle, isn't it? In any lifestyle, 
you have good things and bad things. I would, wouldn't swap this for what we used to do in a million years. <laughs> so well, That's good to hear. <laughs> uh, yeah. The other thing is that meeting people, it's just such a sociable profession, shall we say. You just meet so many different people so many, from so many walks of life. We had people here at the weekend who owners of a number of self-catering cottages. So that was a, I wouldn't say we, we don't normally get people here who've also got somewhere that they run as a hospitality, but, but they, they were lovely people and they loved it here. They'd never been to Shropshire. One of the, one of the best things about being in this place is watching people discover Shropshire and seeing them enjoy it so much because it is such a lovely place. Yeah, it's, it's an undiscovered county, isn't it? I, I find people sometimes come for a reason like the Ludlow Food Festival and then they would just f- absolutely fall in love with the countryside and the fact that it was so quiet compared to, for example, the Lake District or yeah. walking up Snowdon. We went for a walk in Hopton Woods, which is um, the woods between you, you and me. And yes. um, we went for a walk there the other day. And we didn't see a single person an hour, whereas in, in certain parts of the country where it's very touristy, you, you, you've got people every two minutes, haven't you, on some walks? So. Yeah. We usually find if the car park's full, within 10 minutes, you've lost everybody anyway. So. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, there aren't many places where the car parks get full. I think Carding Mill Valley was very full on Sunday, apparently. Um, some guests went up there but yes it's a, it is a very undiscovered county and one of the reasons why we we wanted to come here is be somewhere a bit a bit different and a bit um, less well known on to our main topic for today <laughs> we haven't got there yet <laughs> which is all really, really about the importance of looking after yourself when you run a b&b and you actually contacted me about this and you, you said um, you, you had some ideas to share so why do you think looking after yourself is so important <sighs> The key thing is that you've got to look after yourself. You you can't look after your guests if you're not looking after yourself. You don't want guests to arrive and you want them to arrive and experience what you've sold to them and what they've seen on your website, what they've heard about, what they've read in in your reviews. You want to make sure that what they experience is either as good as or better than what they're expecting. And I think you can only do that if you're looking after yourself and physically and mentally and I think there are times when you push yourself and push yourself and it and it gets very hard and you don't want your guests to 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 read that that you're feeling a bit um, under the weather or fed up or whatever it's just so important to come across to guests as happy and healthy I think for those people who don't want to be in what does pushing yourself look like I think we we know but it's that not taking breaks isn't it is one of the big things absolutely when we used to live in or live working for other businesses we had two days off every seven in every seven so you've got to remember that although we can't do we can't take weekends off in this business or where you can I suppose it depends where you are but um, and the type of business you're running but I would say most people will be working weekends and I think you just have to remember that there's only so much it's healthy to take breaks we force breaks we've we've got three days off now there's still work to be done but we've had a barbecue with the neighbors we've had a lovely couple of walks with the dog but we've also worked we put a wash in and then go and walk the dog or bake a cake and then sit down and eat it (laughs) no I think just factoring in time for yourself is very important. And we, 
to be honest, we haven't had as many breaks this summer as we traditionally have made ourselves have, if that makes sense, because bookings just came in so thick and fast that we just didn't spot where the gaps needed to be. Um, and actually going into September after from next Monday, we were on a something like 22 days stint without a break. And that for us is very unusual. We would normally manage it so that that doesn't happen. We'd normally try and make a force a break every sort of 10, 12, 13 days, something like that. So this is quite timely, this conversation, because I'm thinking ahead to those 21 days and thinking, how am I going to manage my keep myself sane and oh you know both of us keep ourselves sane and I'm looking at days when we might be able to go out for some lunch or we'll be able to do a, a proper you know family walk instead of Dave walking Molly when I'm waiting in for guests. I'm planning ahead as well as looking back at the last few weeks and how busy we've been and what what we've done. So yes it's about keeping fresh, making sure that you're experiencing your your lovely B&B almost as much as your guests. You want them to have the most up-to-date information. One of the things we really pride ourselves on here and we get lots of good reviews about is our local knowledge. So we make a point of going out to events, festivals, occasionally going out for a meal. More often than not, it's fish and chips in the, the sun in Lentradine. But, but we'll go out and we'll experience the things that we recommend to our guests. And that helps us to, you know, that reminds us that, oh, we must tell our guests that this festival is happening or we must warn our guests that all the footpaths are overgrown around here. So make sure you wear long trousers if you're going out for a walk from the door. It's keeping our, our hand in with the local knowledge as well as keeping ourselves happy and, and healthy. So it's that, it's an overused <laughs> phrase, isn't it? It's that oxygen mask, the airplane, you need to put your oxygen mask on first. Yes, to be Absolutely. able to help other people yeah that's yes that's spot on yes that's a very good analogy yeah <laughs> um, and I think it is difficult isn't it especially given the few years that we've had actually blocking time off because there's that sort of that the psychology of it is I need to block some time off but if I don't that might be the only days that guests are going to come in and I'm turning away business so I think when you plan and you set up your business, you have to allow for a certain number of days off. That's what I used to do, a certain number of days off a year. Yeah. I think and you get to know which days are the least popular ones for bookings. Like this time of year, it, there isn't really a, a least popular day, but you wouldn't block off um, a Friday night. We wouldn't block off a Friday night, for example, unless it was a really important, something really important was happening, person, family event or something. We would, we would look at blocking off a Monday or a Tuesday because we're less likely to get people arriving on those days. It, it, it is definitely about planning ahead and, and making sure that you're able to enjoy the lifestyle. Yeah. It's going back again on the online course. I have a whole module on getting very clear on what your why is for running the business. Yeah. Uh, and you talked about uh, walking with your dog, Molly, and actually walking together as a couple rather than one of you having to do it as a rush job between doing something else. And it's getting clear on your why for wanting to run in business, isn't it? And reminding yourself of that all the time. So, yes, I have to apologize to Molly, who's asleep at my feet right now, because I didn't mention her when she said, what was it about running a B&B that having a dog 
was on the list of why do we want to work for ourselves and run a b and B? I I always wanted a dog. We had a couple of dogs when we were kids, not always successfully, but being keen walkers, we wanted to share our walking passion with a four-legged friend. So yes, Molly is definitely a part of our lifestyle and has been part of, has always been part of the plan. So it's definitely one of my main reasons for running a B&B was uh, to be able to have the dogs and oh and do I have dogs at the moment (laughs) (laughs) they've been very quiet (laughs) yeah Ralphie's Ralphie's curled up behind me it's it's a morning they don't do mornings these two they're a bit like me (laughs) yes don't do mornings or cleaning yeah she's been pretty quiet considering she's normally back in her bed while we're cooking breakfast at this time in the morning so she's just sitting under the table here being very good (laughs) so do you have any other tips for sort of staying sane in the silly season as you've uh, called it I think I I think obviously planning is key it's not always always, um, feasible but try and plan ahead you look at the days when you've got no arrivals no changeovers plan something in even if it's just a bit of time away from mentally away from B&B life catch up watch a box set a movie go out have a have a cream tea at your local place that you recommend to guests just you know I think it's having that time to park yourself away from everything but without being completely detached all the time if you're going out for for a meal or an afternoon tea or something I personally I would be thinking is this a good place to recommend to our guests (laughs) One of the things in our older years is going around gardens. We've got some lovely gardens where you can just wander around. And you're, on the one hand, your mind is away from work. But on the other hand, when you get home and you reflect on it and you look at the photographs, you think, wow, what a great place, great place to recommend to guests. So some of the things, I agree with you, it's, it, 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 it feels like a sort of permanent busman's holiday sometimes, isn't it? It's one of the things I was talking about in a blog a couple of weeks ago was saying that I don't actually like to visit B&Bs because it was so much of a busman's holiday in terms of I wouldn't do it this way or they're doing this. They're doing it better than me. <laughs> but it's I still find it now when I'm going around. It's mentally in my head writing a blog about the day trip I'm having or the food yeah. I'm eating or taking a photograph thinking my guests would like this even though I'm not running the B&B anymore it's uh, takes time to wind down from that I find yes and yeah keeping on top of your social media as well <laughs> sometimes yes. you need a bit of time I spent most of yesterday evening putting a video together for Hello Autumn but it got parked about 98% done while um, while I was doing something else and yeah so I need to finish that off today because it's September the 1st. Yes, yes. It appeared. A new school year for me. I've always uh, got my new pad and <laughs> my new, new pen. pen. Oh, <laughs> a pencil case? I, I do have a pencil case. <laughs> Is it a Snoopy one? <laughs> Probably. Mm. We're both like Snoopy, don't we? We're always sending yes. Snoopy files. <clears throat> yeah. So actually talking about social media, so you're in the B&B marketing membership as well. Yes. Can you share your experience of that and how that might have helped you in your business? Well, for us, it's been it's been great to have something that just um, gives us some structure, I think, to our social media marketing, to all marketing and having having the principles of the buckets and the, the smile file. And just I think, I guess, having 
places where you can just draw on content at any point in time. It's just, it's been so useful and we've learned so much through it. Different ways to use Canva, different ways to present information. Yeah, it's been really helpful to us because we're not natural marketing people. We're not naturally good at selling ourselves and tools and technique to help you do that has just been so important for us. Okay, that's good to hear. Yeah, so for September, I've done a a content calendar for each month. So just suggestions Mm -hmm. for people if they're stuck. I think it's really important to understand your business. You talked about the buckets, Sydney. When we talk about buckets, we're talking about what would your, so we talk about themes, isn't it? Guest experience. So what would your buckets be? So we've got breakfast bucket. We've got a dog, you know, dog's dog friendly bucket <laughs> said dog bucket no don't don't think I'll say that we've got a, a Ludlow bucket we've got a walks bucket so all these different buckets we we take photographs we capture information and we store them in folders either on in our photos on on the pc or in the cloud wherever and we just gather all this content so that I went to I had a, a seasons folder not necessarily a, a content bucket but I had a within the buckets we've got seasons and so I just went to my autumn folder and gathered up all the photos that I've, that I've taken over the years of autumn and colors and things and, and that's what I've used to create my hello autumn video it, it goes back to having this structure and organization and I, I think three four four years ago first of September oh it's autumn I'd have just probably found one photograph but actually I've got seven or eight photos which I've created into a video which hopefully will be a bit more interesting for people to look at than just one picture oh, I look forward um, to seeing that when it's ready yes progress not perfect next job <laughs> yes <laughs> Just want to clarify to everyone listening that well, we're not talking about actual buckets here. So Claire's not taking all her photographs and putting them in buckets. Bucket Virtual, yes. Is, is yes. the sort of theme, so the, the customer experience that they might experience when they come to your B&B. Mm. And the idea of having the buckets is that you're not just relying on me suggesting content, but it's actually, right, what am I going to post today? Oh, I'll take something out of this virtual bucket, which is breakfast, or I'll take something out of this bucket, which is day trips or Uh, market towns or the dog friendly bit but I think the other thing about the marketing community is the sharing we exchange we all share ideas and it's a type of profession and community where reusing someone else's content is not frowned upon oh I like what you did there can I copy it is quite I wouldn't say it's a frequent question but it's the answer is always of course we've all got different guests we've all got different markets every B&B is different so being able to use someone else's ideas and apply them to your own in your own situation is just it's quite normal. And yeah, so the sharing side of it, that's not just down to the marketing. I think that's part of the whole community. It's all about sharing ideas and, and sharing concerns, as we saw a lot of last year. Yeah. So just to clarify for people, we've got two communities. So there's the, we have a paid B&B marketing membership, which is the sort of smaller community on Facebook. And then we have the wider group, which is for people who have uh, attended the courses, which is quite clunkily called the Facebook group for past course attendees. But that's for more general sharing, isn't it? Whereas the marketing group's a bit more specific to marketing. 
And one of the things we talk about in, in both groups, actually, is no question is too stupid. And I think particularly with the marketing, people think that they should know the answer or they feel that the question they're asking is too simple or silly. But the emphasis is very much on no question is stupid. You just don't know what you don't know. And sometimes people have to hear things in several different ways before it goes in. Yeah. So myself. <laughs> I've taken lots of training courses over the last few years and, and I get to a point where I see something and it's, oh, here we go again with the ideal customer avatar. But I always approach it with a sort of fresh mind in terms of what can I learn from this? How, how can this help me? Even if it's something that I've gone through several times already and there's always something to learn from it. So Excellent. Thank you very much, Claire. Is, is there anything else you wanted to add today? I don't think so. No, I think it's it's important to, to have chill time and it's not always easy. And you have to be a bit disciplined about uh, <laughs> factoring in that time. But planning ahead is always a good thing if you can. And it will benefit you and your guests in the long run, I think. Yeah, I, I think I just wanted to add something there. I think for me, there's, there's, there's two aspects of it. First of all, there's the physical side. It is a very physical job, isn't it? It is, yeah. I'm creaking all over. Claire <laughs> <laughs> and I are the same age, so we have the same creaks. Um, so it's the physical side of it. But I found for me, it was very much the mental and the emotional side in terms of needing that break from people. Now, I'm, I'm an introvert which means I, I like people and I get on with people, but I have to have that downtime away from people. I'm more than happy spending a whole week on my own without seeing anybody. But So I think that's one of the important aspects is realising for your mental health. It's not just the physical side, it's the mental health as well, is taking those breaks and having time away from your guests. However wonderful your guests are, mm-hmm. uh, they are your guests they're not your friends, they're not your social life. I think that's an important thing to bring out. So Claire, thank you very much for today. How do people find you on social media or your website? Um, oh, website, it's a bit of a long URL, but it's theschoolhousebandb.co.uk. So that's all spelt out. Our Instagram is similar to that, the schoolhouse B and B, but just to be different, Facebook, we, we were on Facebook before Instagram and we couldn't get what we wanted but the facebook is at the schoolhouse b b so it's b n b in between there and the schoolhouse the, there's more uppercase in there so i didn't explain that very well but the links yeah. in, the, in the show notes so <laughs> click on those and and follow you on social media and hopefully go and stay with you though you're quite busy aren't you for the next couple of months we've got yes we've got a few slots free in october and then after that, quite usually, quite normal uh, for us not to have November, December bookings until a lot nearer the time. So the whole of November, I think, after the 5th is available if anyone wants to come for a nice autumn break. And the, the wood behind here will be looking stunning at that time in beautiful golden colours. It is good as uh, New England, aren't we, at, this, at that time of year? I Absolutely, think. yeah. On a slightly so- smaller scale. but <laughs> Yes, <laughs> I'm not sure anyone will be getting to see the four colours in New England this year, but those of us in the UK anyway. But No. Brilliant. Okay. Yes. Thank you very much, Claire. It's been really useful. Okay. You're welcome. Hope people yeah. found it useful. Yes. Yeah, no, I'm sure people will find it very useful. So thank you very much. 
Thank you for joining me on this week's episode of the podcast. I do hope you enjoyed it. If you're thinking of running your own B&B, then do check out my website, bnbacademy.co.uk, where you'll find details of my B&B training. If you're already running a B&B and you would like to learn how to market it more effectively, then head across to the website at bnbacademy.co.uk and look for the details of the marketing membership. See you next time.